Lots to be thankful for this year. Same can be said for David John Peterson Jr., who has been a pioneer and cornerstone in the industry, which brings us to episode 37, featuring Paolo Benedetti with David J. Peterson, President and CEO of Watershape University. Enjoy this Master Profile edition. You do not want to miss the next lifestyle event with Ask the Masters on February 27th and 28th. We are being hosted by Bazaza Tile, Laticrete, and Wet Edge, and we're going to get dirty. We're actually going to install paper-faced Bazaza Tile with the backdrop of Laticrete, all at the Wet Edge facility. Enjoy. Yeah, so uh, here we are with uh, Meet the Masters, and uh, I'm with Dave Peterson. I'm Paulo Benedetti, and we're going to today learn about Dave, what makes him tick. Thanks, Paul. So uh, welcome. The, uh, we're going to kind of start today just kind of, just kind of a uh, loose discussion, kind of uh, how you got started in the industry, um, what kind of made you settle on pools and not bridges or high-rise skyscrapers. Yeah, well, I think uh, to get into pools actually did start with structures and bridges. I grew up in the Bay Area, and my mom lived in the city, and I would drive over those bridges with her going into town, and I was just, you know, you, you look up, and it's hundreds of feet up, big steel beams and, uh, you know, rivets the, the size of this orange knob here, and they were just so big, I thought, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I want to build giant bridges. So I went to Cal Poly thinking I would do structures. And uh, I did a lot of structures. I still do a lot of structures. But what challenged me was water. I think maybe uh, playing with Legos and Erector sets uh, got me really familiar with structures. So I think I'm pretty good at it. Uh, but the water, I never thought about that until I got to Cal Poly. And you found that the hardest thing about water is containing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that seems to be every pool, every pool contractor designer's problem is trying to contain that water. Yeah, you got to contain it. And then, uh, of course, that was the civil and environmental engineering department. So I got into you know the biology and the chemistry of water, water treatment, wastewater treatment, and really ended up concentrating in water resources by the time I was done. Now, you originally started out, uh, it's your first job out of college. Remember you said you went to work uh, at SeaWorld? Working well, SeaWorld was one of the clients. Okay, that was it. the type of work that we did. It was a company called Entertech, and we did life support systems for large aquariums and marine mammal exhibits. So we had clients like uh, SeaWorld, the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago, the Monterey Bay Aquarium, uh, lots of projects really all over the world. And so I really cut my teeth on very large swimming pools for killer whales. With very dolphins. large pipe and very large valves <laughs> and very, very big pumps. Yes. Yeah. Uh, compared to the scale of a, of a residential or even commercial swimming pool, things were blown up a lot larger in that industry. So do you often draw on some of that expertise uh, as far as like water treatment from the, your aquarium days forward to... I do, actually. Yeah, it, particularly when I'm doing mechanical design, I'm, I'm often thinking about, you know, hydraulic stuff that I learned, you know, back in the, the late 90s, uh, mid 90s, really. I started there before I'd graduated. In 1994, I was working for that company um, before I finished up at Cal Poly. Do, do you find that the pool industry is a little behind the times with the technology that's being used in some of these other industries? Because I... I know, for instance, 
aquariums uh, and, and animal support systems, we're using UV and ozone treatment to treat that water because um, obviously it has to be chemical free. But they were using basically chemical free systems long before it even became uh, maybe a thought in the pool industry. Yeah, that's true. Um, and same thing with variable frequency drives. I mean, that was another technology that we had been using for a long time in that industry because, you know, the, a variable frequency drive on a, uh, you know, 25 horsepower pump uh, would save a lot of energy. And when yeah, you've got, hundreds of dollars if, an hour. <laughs> yeah. And if you've got eight of those lined up, I mean, it's, it's big money. And we didn't really see that in the residential market or even the commercial uh, pool industry for a long time. And um, you mentioned ozone and UV. It's uh, you, you can't put chlorine in a in a fish tank. Right. Uh, we had to use other alternative uh, sanitizers. So a lot of ozone. You'd strip off any excess ozone. So you'd bas- basically nuke the water coming through and then leave it bubble free coming out. And uh, UV was a, another great technology, and we would combine those sometimes. And so now we're seeing that in the pool industry, and we talk about AOP like we just invented it, but it's been around a long time in other industries. So I've been involved with that for quite a while. So how did you find yourself uh, kind of switching over from doing large marine mammal uh, exhibits to doing pools? Well, that really started uh, at the time I was doing a lot of work in Las Vegas uh, with uh, Steve Wynn, uh, particularly. We, we were working on the Bellagio. Uh, the company I was with had uh, done the dolphin pools at the Mirage. I had worked on uh, Siegfried and Roy's Secret Garden for the, the tigers there. And I was traveling there quite a bit. I was doing research for a jellyfish uh, system that we were doing at the Bellagio and I I had other travel as well and it was just too much travel and I decided that I would probably need to leave that travel behind if I wanted to start a family and I happened to be on one of those trips uh, during one of the pool shows back then I think it was called the aqua show and my mom was dating uh, Greg Howard at the time and they were there on that show and my mom said, oh, since you're going to be out here, let's have lunch. And we did. And I happened to tell them that I was thinking about leaving uh, my company to go do something different where I didn't have to travel as much. That rolled into me interviewing with uh, someone that uh, worked at, uh, with Greg at Polaris Pool Systems. And that turned into a consulting job to coordinate the design and construction of their building, which was Zodiac's headquarters until the last year. Uh, Polaris, of course, had merged with Jandy and Zodiac and Nature2 and continued in that building until just recently. They, they uh, relocated to Carlsbad. But I was in that office uh, when we, uh, I, 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 at that time, had moved five buildings into the one. We had two injection molding facilities, two warehouses, and then the main uh, manufacturing plant for Polaris. So you started out designing their facilities. Yeah, I started off designing their building, and then I got everything moved in all under one roof, and I stayed on. I managed their facilities department, uh, oversaw their customer service department, and got into product development. Uh, used my background with uh, you know, chemistry and water treatment. I developed uh, wireless controllers for pools. Uh, the EOS system in particular, the Watermatic system. I designed some new uh, pH and ORP control uh, control units 
Um, and pumps, I've got you know some patents on things that I did there with uh, pool cleaners. You know, some of them design patents, some utility stuff, and uh, you know, really, really got into product development for a while. But after about five years of that, I really felt like I, I was getting too far away from construction. I really liked construction. Getting them into the building was exciting, but that was starting to fade a bit and I needed to get back into the building trades. So that's when I started my own company back in 2004. Would you like to get your hands dirty with Ask the Masters? Save the date, February 27th and 28th, 2020. Okay, and then, uh, so then you were building pools for a while, and your what was your company? Uh, it was, initially it was called Torrey Pines oh, Engineering and Construction, and we were kind of known on the streets as Torrey Pines Pools, and that was really, you know, I, I was doing design and engineering work under Torrey Pines Engineering and Construction, and then I really had this, you know, pool construction side of it called Torrey Pines Pools. And we built a lot of great projects, a lot of, you know, really good clients. And that's when I met Skip Phillips. Uh, he had designed a pool for a client and he wasn't going to build the pool. And that client was a neighbor with one of my sales guys and they connected and he, he liked us. It was a technical pool nothing crazy it didn't have any vanishing edges or anything but it was a, a nice design with with nice materials you know glass tile and everything and um, he thought that we would be a good fit to pull it off from an engineering standpoint so he asked if uh, if I would mind meeting with his designer which was Skip Phillips I said yeah you know bring him in which was kind of funny because one of my other sales guys had worked for Skip in a previous life. And I had just... <laughs> so it all come around full circle. Yeah, well, and it was funny because about two weeks before this happened, I had told that sales guy, hey, why don't you reach out to this guy, Skip Phillips, and see if we could work together. I don't know what we would do, but you know, we may have some services that we could offer him in, on the engineering side. Uh, so Skip had come in, and really he was there to interview me. He was, you know, on behalf of his client, was trying to vet our company. And I would say the meeting went pretty well because as he was leaving the parking lot, he was calling me up on his cell phone saying, hey, I got another project you might be interested <laughs> in. <laughs> and so that rolled into a, a series of, of projects that we had worked with Skip on. Uh, he would do the design and then we would do uh, engineering in-house and, and go build it. And, um, and that's really how I found out about Genesis. We were out on a site one day and he said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about taken some classes with us and I went to the level one design school in Morro Bay. Cool. And so how many years did you run Torrey Pine Pools before you kind of backed out of the construction side? Well, that's funny because I backed out once and then I backed back into it. And now I'm, I think I'm back out again. Um, I actually, uh, we did quite a bit of construction and at one time, you know, the company swelled up to 18 employees. And I, at that point, I felt like I was doing personnel management and not engineering, not design. I, it was just all about managing people at that point. And I wasn't having any fun. So we decided to start scaling back. And 
you know, when you have that many people, you're inevitably you've got people calling in sick and problems. And when you make mistakes, you're paying for them. So I started subbing things out and we just kind of scaled back our crew and um, really tightened that up a bit from a personnel standpoint, got the company a little smaller, but we were still building a handful of nice pools every year. Um, really kind of focused on higher end stuff. Were you doing consulting and engineering for other builders at that time or just still not, doing some stuff for Skip? Yeah, not a lot for other builders. Um, you know, we, we had a handful of other kinds of projects. Sometimes it would be, you know, renovation work on a commercial pool or it was a tilt up building or something because we do things other than just pools. But. So how did the consulting and engineering side of the business take off when you formed um, well, it, Water Shapes Consulting? The, I would say that side always had sort of slow and steady, continuous growth. And it, it's all by word of mouth. You know, like your business, you, you don't do a lot. You know, you're, you're not buying ads, right? right? You're just, you know, people find out about you through your network. So right. we just worked on building that network. And in, uh, it was probably around 2008 or so, you know, right around the time when the, the market crashed. We were, you know, cutting back on on construction and naturally the construction was cutting back on us too it was just hard to find some projects out there so one of my sales guys in fact was you know kind of saying ah you know it's it's hard for me to sell a pool right now and and he was right no no one wanted to spend money on pools so we ended up deciding at that point let's get out of construction you know i can do just fine on the design and engineering side and if i focus on that i'm sure it'll even grow faster uh, without dedicating any time to construction. So I really got out of it in, you know, I was out of it in 2009. At just the right time. Just just the right time. I mean, we wrapped up our stuff and and we got out of it. And um, and at that time, I changed the name of the company to Watershape Consulting because I felt like we had an opportunity to reach out to people beyond our local community. Now, everyone knew of Torrey Pines, you know, this very unique tree. It only grows really on this one hillside right. there in, uh, you know, La Jolla Del Mar area. And we, you know, it, it's, uh, if we wanted to reach beyond that, we could do that, but maybe not with that name. So I right. thought, let's go with a, a name that has no, no ge geographic boundaries. boundaries. Right. And um, so I renamed the, the company, kind of rebranded it as more of just a, a consulting firm. And then it took off from there. And you know, I've got some great employees. I've been uh, pretty good, pretty lucky, knock on wood, um, you know, at, at finding talented people. In fact, uh, Richard Kramer uh, is, uh, just had his 10-year anniversary yesterday. It's awesome. And Chris has been with you for a long time. Yeah, she's been yep. there uh, like eight years, I think, something yep. like that. And uh, so we've like had to say, a, behind every good man is a very smart woman. Yes, <laughs> yes. As my wife says, uh, Chris is the second wife, or yes. my work wife. And uh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't do it without her. She gets a lot of stuff done. And things that I don't even know about, they just take care of it. Every pebble in your pool has a story. Come find that story with Ask the Masters on February 27th and 28th, Mesa, Arizona. With your years that you've been involved with Genesis, is there any um, one particular course or event or anything that really um, has kind of stuck with you where it was something where 
Dave Peterson actually like learn something that you carry forward in your, you know, everyday uh, work mantra? Yeah, well, you know, I'd have to say probably the, the, the program that had the most impact on me was actually the level one design school. I'll go all the way back to that because at the time... I was say, why, why that? Because that was a very basic... Believe it or not, I actually pulled out my red binder the other day. Yeah? I actually... I, we were, I was debating with somebody about whether they were in the same level one school I was in. Right. So I went and pulled my old binder out because it had all the, the other roster. students' names in there. And I was flipping through it. And I was looking at that and boy, is this amateurish. <laughs> It's like somebody drew these pictures with a crayon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a little story to that. But here's why that class, why it sticks in my head, is first of all, it was sort of the first time that I'd really gone back to, to school in a while. Because I had, you know, after Cal Poly, I was uh, working at, you know, Entertech and then Polaris. And while I was at Polaris, I was kind of getting almost like a mini MBA. It's basically an engineering management uh, certificate program at, at UCSD. Uh, but I hadn't gone to any schooling in years. When, when did you get your um, PE? Did you take that right out of school? Uh, no, you have to actually work uh, under the uh, under another engineer for a couple of years before you can even apply to sit for the exam. So uh, I did that uh, in 98. Okay. Um, actually, right around the time that I left Entertech to go work for Polaris. Um, so, but getting back to the level one design school, I, you know, I hadn't been in school in a while and I was really going there to study something I really hadn't thought much about. I mean, I knew pools cause I'd been in the industry for many years, but I really hadn't thought a lot about the design. I knew I was actually pretty good at it because I liked architecture. I studied a bit of architecture, I certainly studied, you know, engineering, and I felt like I had some uh, some tools that I could use to do things a little bit unique, you know, and, and think outside of the box. And so my big takeaway from that program was not necessarily the technical things, because actually I thought there were some fundamental flaws even back then. Right. But it was inspiration. That's that's the word I would use, because I went into that program thinking, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good work. And we were. I mean, I'm, I don't want to take that away from you know, the team I had, you know, at the time, we, we were doing good work, but I was, I was seeing the work of other people that were doing great work. And it was like, oh, you know, we could be doing that. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm good, but you know, there's a whole other level. You that, see the gauntlet, yeah, the gauntlet I, had been thrown hadn't down. Been, yeah. I hadn't been exposed to that. So the, the inspiration is what made me start thinking, Hey, you know, let's, let's do better. And, and I was used to getting fees for my consulting time because I was a licensed engineer and I was able to command fees for, for right. my work. But I had sales guys that were giving it away for free, you know, doing d designs with Pool Studio. And I, one of those guys was up there taking the class with me. And on the drive down, I said, that's it. You're not, you're not doing that anymore. You're going to charge a fee. And I said, it just, just start at 100 bucks. Right. On the next job you go out, just say it's $100 for the design and, and see what happens. And Sure enough, the next week he came back in and he slaps a check down on my desk and it was a hundred dollar check. And he said, I just got a hundred bucks to do the design. I said, great. You Good. Know. Now it's 500. <laughs> exactly. And so we, you know, we started ratcheting it up so that he was actually getting some value out of, out of that time. So he and, wasn't cold um, calling anymore. Now he was actually yeah, getting compensated. Now, yeah. Now he was actually, you know, and, and actually doing better design work too, because I think he felt like 
hey, if I'm getting paid for this, I should probably put a little more effort into it. I got to make it worth their while. Otherwise, you know, that'll be the end of, of that little program. So, you know, the, the inspiration was, was the really neat part about level one. And I, I do remember some of the technical things that I thought, you know, I'm taking notes going, eh, this isn't quite right. And there's a better way to do this. And, you know, I, I had notes and, you know, a week or so after I had gone up there, Skip was in my office, we were meeting about a program and he's looking at all these drawings that I had on the conference room wall. And, and, uh, he said, you know, with your technical background, I, I want to, I want your honest opinion about the, the program, you know, what, what could we do better? Cause right. I really want yep. it to be done right. You know, he, he was, had no, uh, was not shy about admitting that, that he had faults, maybe faults they didn't know about, right. but that they wanted to fix anything wrong with the Genesis classes. So I said, well, let me tell you about this. So I started talking about hydraulics a bit and, um, that kind of started into this discussion about, well, maybe you could help us, you know, solve some of these, these things. And, I continued taking classes and then helped them kind of redevelop the um, uh, kind of a short program for hydraulics. Right. And I ended up teaching that. I think the first time was at a uh, the construction school in Atlanta or something like that. And um, I, from that point, I, it just kept growing. Once I did that, then it was like, uh, you know, I'm telling them, well, you know, I've, I've got enough material to fill a few days if you wanted to. So why, why don't we look at you know, doing a, a big program. I mean, we had other 20-hour programs, so that's, right. that's when I started with the big 20-hour version. So do you see yourself continuing to continuing to teach? I mean, yeah. where, where's, where's Dave Peterson going? I mean, obviously, WaterSafe Consulting is very successful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going in a couple directions. Obviously, I'm going to keep teaching and, and keep doing, you know, my stuff with WaterShape. I also have another... Uh, kind of startup company that we we've actually been doing this for five years but uh, really kind of turned a, a big corner this year and that's a, a company called event pools okay and what it is is we've been Just as long as it's not mail order engineering <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, what event pools is is it's a a modular swimming pool that we use for events and we've been doing it uh, for five years with a, a particular uh, three-day music festival called Kaboo, and we just did this down in Dallas at the uh, Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, you were telling me about that, and they're they're fully uh, health department compliant, and they meet all the codes. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all welded aluminum. It's a sixty foot by thirty six foot, three and a half foot deep gutter pool. Um, we it takes two flatbeds to get it there. All the equipment is built in. Uh, it takes a two hundred amp uh, service because uh, it feeds it they a put a line they put a liner in it there's a liner in it so it's it's basically all all these modules that create the walls and the floor each floor and wall module has eight leveling feet uh, screw jacks to Great. get the whole pool uh, set level uh, the liner sits in one of the the wall units while it's being shipped but we basically pull that out and uh, put it on one of the floor modules as we forklift that into place. And then when everything's set up, we just roll it out, roll it over the gutter. Uh, we've got custom stainless steel fittings for the lights and return lines and everything. The, the pipe all is uh, like a twist lock connection. So right. Like, a, like the fire hoses. Yeah. yeah. So in uh, really in, in pretty much uh, two days, we will set it up and fill it. 
and wow. get it and it's and it's ready to go it's a giant party pool yeah it's a giant party pool and then how high above it's three feet above grade do they put a big deck around it, it it's actually about five feet high okay. because there's floor modules and then the water level's nine inches down right. from the the deck and the deck is a, a porcelain tile decking around it and then they bring staging up to that they'll build cabanas bring in furnishings and oh wow it's a they can do a full jimmy buffett margaritaville it, yeah, anywhere it's a, it's a pretty cool uh, little deal and cool. they'll set it up near a stage usually so that you can, can hang you store out that in your pool. backyard when it's not being used <laughs> no i store it in someone else's backyard <laughs> okay, actually go. out in ramona i pay them 220 bucks a month i think to, wow. to store it out there but uh yeah it's a really uh really fun thing and so we're working on you know our next uh, events coming up and stuff cool you're gonna be making some more of those pools uh, no, I'd like to get this one on the road a lot more Got and it. then we'll see what happens. A little more utilization. Yeah. So out of all the projects that you've done so far, is there one that like really sticks out? I mean, I know you do a lot of non-disclosure work, uh, NDA work. Um, you don't have to tell us who the project was for or where it was at, but it's gotta be one that like <laughs> really stands out that not only was it a technical challenge, but was like really, you know, an architectural, you know, masterpiece when it was done. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had... I think I've had several that I thought were architecturally just kind of off the chart cool. You know, I, the, uh, of course, the violin pool that I worked on with, you know, in, uh, well, I guess I probably shouldn't even say where it is, but. <laughs> oh, come on. It's been in every magazine. We've all seen it. It's, it's in New York. Yeah. But th that was a great uh, project to work on. And, you know, I didn't do every piece of it, but, uh, you know, it was, it was neat to be involved with that from, from the start. And, you know, we had concepts that included, you know, having a movie theater under it at one point and the, the little, uh, vent holes were going to be acrylic windows allowing light to get in there. I mean, it was lots of fun things that we did along the way, but that, that's, that's one that I think is very recognizable in the industry. Um, other big, you know, vanishing edge pools that were just very large, you know, 6,000 square foot residential pools. I mean, that's the size of most people's homes, right. for sure. Yep. And it, this is just a swimming pool. Pools within pools, uh, rooftop pools, a lot of acrylic projects. Um, we've got one out in the Hamptons where it's a 75 foot long pool and the whole floor is, is acrylic. Wow. And, uh, and the pool, it spans that 75 foot. It's a post-tension concrete structure. So it's really so just how do you deal with the end. differential expansion between the acrylic and the concrete and everything wanting to move separately? Well, you have movement joints between the acrylic and the right. concrete, and it's filled with a uh, material that, that expands and contracts, and it, it remains flexible. Uh, so you can literally walk years. out underneath the pool and look up like a giant skylight. Yeah. The people swimming yeah, and back you can and forth. see, and they're avid swimmers, the owners, and you could, you know, see them really swimming the whole lap. So, so the husband can yell at the wife, your, your stroke looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Was that the was that the reason behind it? So they could analyze each other's no, strokes. I, or it was I, just for. I, I think it was light, or I, it was partly for light. I think you know that the pool was really elevated up at the the main level of the house. The master bedroom was down at that lower level, and the way that the the berms worked with the beach and everything, you weren't going to get much of a view from the the main uh, or from the the main floor level down below. You really had to be up top, which is where they wanted the water. But if they just put a big pool out there where 
their main living space was, then it would have really darkened up, I think, the area of the master bedroom. So to get light there, it kind of made sense to do something really fun. Cool. Like and now they kind of get that the dancing as the water moves up above, they get the dancing light kind of underneath. Yeah. And even at in. night, you know, when you think about how light dances yeah. with, with the moonlight and stars, yeah. now that light is dancing down through there and, and illuminating the patio down below. There's That's actually cool. another pool and, and spa at the, at the bedroom level as well. Cool. Um, so, yeah, lots of, uh, you know, we've got resort projects where we've done some pretty spectacular work as well. So tell me about your own pool, because I know uh, there's a lot of pool contractors that don't have a pool in their backyard. <laughs> and that's a shame. I, I mean, know, it is, really. We should, should be, be a rule. The, that should be everybody's first be, pool, because if they're going to make mistakes, mistakes, make it on your own pool. <laughs> yeah, do it there first. Yeah, my pool is, um, I actually don't call it a swimming pool. I call it a social pool. I don't know if I coined that term, but no, it's, but... Uh, it's, uh, it's not really meant for swimming. It's very small. It actually measures um, uh, 20 foot by 16 foot eight with a corner cut out of that. So it's even smaller than that. But it, it's really the, the swimming section, if you will, is 20 feet long with a stair at one end. So you don't even get a full 20 foot length. My son, who's six foot four, this. If he pushes off of one side, he's, he's got to put his yeah. hands out before he hits the other end. And six foot eight, he can touch, you know, side to side. side, to right. side. His fingertips are touching. Um, and it's only three and a half feet deep. And it's really just meant to be able to walk in and cool off and, and hang out. And then there's a, a spa and a sun shelf area. And so we call it the social pool because we'll have friends and, and family over and we'll have five people just standing in the pool and the spa will be overflowing with people and the uh, little cart of, of alcohol has been wheeled over to the edge of the pool and people are laying in the lounge chairs and the sun shelf and it's just about people getting together and, and having a good time there is no swimming we're just hanging out hanging out being in the water <laughs> being in the water i yep. mean and there's a, a fire pit right next to it so you know we'll have people often sitting around the fire pit conversing with people in the pool and uh it's standing by it's the just, bar yeah, yeah it's just a gathering <laughs> I've been in your yard so. yeah it's just a gathering <laughs> yeah. place so you kind of know what yeah. it's like yeah cool so hey i want to thank you dave for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come up to yeah come up and meet me. with me yeah thank you thanks for listening to the awesome masters podcast and don't forget to check out our facebook page each week on tuesdays for new episodes of the show I also want to encourage you to stop by the Ask the Masters Facebook page and invite other like-minded individuals to join us there as well. Feel free to jump into the conversations and even post your own questions. We want to create a community which fosters learning and discovery for the betterment of us all. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to subscribe and feel free to share. 